Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the show. We are on the 21st episode. Today, we're going to be speaking about training things, pretty much warming up, and how we have this misconception about warming up. And I see all these mobility routines and warm-up routines and booty bands and I don't know, whatever people see on the internet or TikTok or Instagram, they think they need to do these things before they can start to train, before they prime their bodies, before they wake their muscles up, all their sleeping muscles that are asleep. I want to debunk some of this stuff and get into the details of maybe you shouldn't be warming up the way you think. Maybe warming up is not not a gimmick. I'm not saying it's a gimmick, but it's a little bit overrated. We'll get into that and maybe a little bit of mindset stuff later on in the show. But for now, today's episode is nice and chill, nice and easy, very digestible. So stick around and enjoy the show. that time of the year, you're probably noticing, I'm noticing this right now, that gyms are fucking packed. It's like Boxing Day sales in the gym now. December, Jan period is when it gets super busy. I think this, like I said a while back, you have this huge motivation spike wanting to come into the gym, either for resolution purposes, New Year's resolution purposes. I think I spoke about this last time about how it's bullshit. I think I spoke about New Year's resolutions on my story right yes not on the podcast maybe i did i'm not sure but new year's resolutions if you have a new year's resolution it doesn't really mean anything because if you think about every time december comes around more or less people have the same new year's resolutions i'm going to quit smoking i'm going to stop drinking i'm going to stop partying i'm going to take my uh take charge of my health not take it for granted i'm going to work on my side hustle or side business or quit my job or whatever. And then there might be this huge spike in motivation for a small period of time. And normally people try to start their resolutions either earlier in December or they try to get it on the on the 1st of Jan, 2nd of Jan. And what happens is when you have this New Year's resolution, if you don't have some kind of plan for this goal and an action – then all it is is just words. It's like um, this whole manifestation stuff. Look, I believe in manifesting, and you'll see a lot of professional athletes or successful businessmen or people speak about how manifesting their dreams and their goals has worked, but we take that verbatim. They're just manifesting. I'm just going to sit in the corner of a room like, I am going to be super rich. I am going to be super rich. You can just keep manifesting, but the, the issue that we don't understand or we want to overlook is that these people that are athletes, yes, they manifest and they think about their potential goal or their future, what they want to do, but, 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 but the groundwork they put in, the hours of hard work, the countless amount of failures, they don't want to tell you about that. They just want to tell you, look, everything's possible. You just got to believe to achieve, but- once they tell you it's just all hard work, that's the secret. It's all hard work. Then, unfortunately, not many people want to buy that. It doesn't sound too nice in a book. You know, manifesting will sell. If you open up a book and it's like, you know what? 
spend 15 hours of your day working hard and the rest sleeping or even 10 hours when people are like, oh, fuck that, I'm not doing that. Let me just imagine and, and wish this into existence. It doesn't work like that. You know, manifesting is good as long as you are working your ass off. Same as like, I think cold plunges are good, saunas are good, but as long as you're doing the other the other things to make your health better, then it goes hand in hand. But if you're just dreaming about something, dreaming is not enough. And that's what I notice with people when they have these uh, New Year's resolutions, it's almost like a dream. It's a desire. It's a want for this thing to happen. It's a desire for themselves to change. But without action and a plan, there is never going to be change. All that happens is you rely heavily on motivation to change yourself and your life. And then you hit a wall and then the motivation's gone. And you're, you know, you're trying to drive a car without fuel and no tires. And you're like, what the fuck? You can't even push the car because there's no tires. You, you just stood on the road thinking, well, what's the point? You leave your car and you fuck off. That's what happens when you have this New Year's resolution. You come in with this huge motivation and it's all about, okay, how long does motivation last for? Some people might last for a, for a month. Some people might last for two weeks, a week. If they're lucky, maybe two months. But once that motivation is gone, so are they. And the harsh truth is more people need to understand that motivation is fleeting. Just like happiness, it comes and goes. But showing up every day or you know, even every two days is the most important thing. It's being consistent. It's having determination. It's having grit. I love grit. You got to be gritty. You got to have some grit. Even when the cards are down, you're not feeling the best, you still come in and you do the job. We can't always rely on when they're feeling the best to perform our best or do the things that we want to do. Because if we're always relying on motivation, out of 100 days, we might perform for two days. It's just not, not good enough. The people that have been the most successful have relied on their grit their determination and their consistency. That's that's unfortunately the, the way it is. So you're going to see a lot of people come to the gym now and they're going to go. And it's like that every year. It's like that every year. It's because unfortunately people want to do it all by themselves without any guidance. You can do things by yourself, but if you know what actions to take, what you need to do, then that's the main thing. Before... I don't know, I keep getting these freaking rants sometimes. What I was going to say is I'm noticing more people coming into the gym. You know, it is that time where more people are training. The floors are getting packed. Six in the morning when I'm training a client, sometimes I can't find equipment. 5.30 p.m., 5 p.m. in the evening when I'm trying to train a client, again, can't find any equipment. So I'm going for an alternative, alternative, you know, so I'm subbing a sub. And... I get overly stimulated when there's a lot of things going around me, audible, visual, whatever it is, because in the gym, there's blaring music, which is normally garbage. Lights are blasting, especially the gym that I work at. It feels like a casino. I have no idea what time it is <laughs> or what the temperature is. It's always the same inside 24-7. So I see a lot of people doing a lot of whack things. Now, by whack, I mean either exercises or their technique for the exercises, or their warm-ups. Now, what I've noticed is warming up, I've seen people warm up in so many different ways. I've seen the good old 30 minutes on the bike warm-up. I've seen the whole, oh, the booty band warm-up. You know, putting a booty band 
around your legs, doing crab walks to wake up your bum. You know what? If you understand the human body and kinesiology and biomechanics and the way your muscles work, if your glutes are asleep, so the whole point of people trying to like wear a booty band at the start is to fire up their glutes, to to wake them up because they're asleep. You know, they're not there. If your booty and your glutes, they're asleep, there is no chance that you would have gotten out of the bed in the morning. These muscles are always working. They're on. Without these muscles, you will struggle to flex at um, your hip and extend. You, your, your, your bum is awake. There's no such thing as waking it up. The only thing you're getting is a burn. And just because you're burning uh, around your glutes or your bum doesn't mean it's going to grow or you're going to wake it up. It's the same as if I run a marathon, even though my legs are burning, they're not actually growing. So there's a difference between fatigue, pre-fatiguing a muscle, and actually damaging it to cause stress to the tissues to make it grow. And wearing a booty band and doing crab walk side to side till your ass is on fire doesn't mean your ass is awake, your bum's awake. It doesn't doesn't mean anything. You just fatigued it. And sometimes yes, you might it might be good to pre-fatigue before you lift. But in terms of waking it up and actually warming it up, it's kind of pointless, man. <laughs> you don't need to do it. Don't be like one of those girls, that's, or even guys. I've seen guys, or don't be one of those girls or guys that are wrapping two, three beauty bands around their knees and they're going side to side, side to side, walking back and forth. And you know what? I used to do that with football, thinking, oh, I need to do this to wake my, wake my glutes up. You don't need to. You don't need to. If you have like a... Uh, especially if football is a bit different, you actually need to warm up because you're going to go from zero to 100 in the game. You need your muscles to be ready to go um, when you're about to sprint or when you're about to turn and take off. So your body needs to be uh, adapted and, and ready to be in any position, right? But in the gym, most of the training that you do is fixed. So if you do a deadlift, it's fixed. A, a squat, it's fixed. A machine, chest press, dumbbell, incline, or whatever. It's all fixed. So the warm-up that you have to do is going to be completely different to what an athlete does for a warm-up. So what do I mean by the warm-ups? Why are they different for people coming into the gym? Now, I'm going to break it down into three things. And I did a post about this, but I'm going to talk more about why you don't have to warm up as much as you think. You don't have to. Now, what I see people do a lot is, and I've been down the path of comprehensive warm-ups, mobility routines, really firing up a warm-up. Or when I first started, it was the treadmill because I didn't know any better. You just assume that warming up means getting your heart rate up, blah, blah, blah. As you get more into training, you think, well, I need to warm up the same muscles that I'm using. I need to do like fucking arm circles and then eventually get into the bands, start using the bands to warm up. Now my warm-up, I don't even, I don't even warm up. <laughs> I get into the gym, whatever exercise I'm doing, I do that exercise really light. Okay, so let me elaborate. The 10, 15-minute warm-up routine, so let's say the number one is you don't need a 10, 15-minute warm-up routine. You don't need it, all right? The only time I feel and think that you need uh, a mobility routine, 10, 15 minutes, is if you're actually trying to achieve a certain goal. So if you're trying to get the splits, more or less, doing squats and deadlifts aren't really going to help that much. It's a very specific goal. So doing a mobility routine before your training session will help you get that goal. But if you're trying to do squats, deadlifts, lunges, 
a normal full body workout, you probably don't need this comprehensive warm up, or even a warm up that's consisting of so many different movements and 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 patterns. You probably don't need that. So, I see a lot of people have their phones open in the gym and they're watching a YouTube video of a stretching routine or a mobility routine. You don't really need to do that. So, what I do, that is the most simplest thing to do, is if on that day you're doing a lower body routine, let's say you're starting off with deadlifts and you're working your way up to your, I don't know, you're working your way up to your working set. It's funny enough that most people don't even work their way up to a working set. They just like come in, chuck weights on a bar and go from there once they've done their like 20 minutes on a bike. What I do is I get really light with the first set, get that pattern in, pretend that bar is loaded, pretend that bar is heavy. So you practice setting up for that lift, okay? Normally with my my deadlift, I take slack out of the bar, I breathe in, I brace, I drive my legs. I always pretend that it's heavy. So even if it's 20 kilos in a bar, 60, 200, I lift it like it's fucking loaded and it's super heavy. So I'll do a set of you know six to 10 reps, light, chuck more weight on. Six to 10 reps, light, chuck more weight on. I keep doing that till I get to my working set. So by the time I get to my working set, I'm ready to go. And I normally do that at like a five RPE, six RPE. So I've got five to you know, four reps left in a tank. So when I get to my, my working set, I'm ready to go. That is one of the easiest things to do. So the, fir- the first thing, or well, I said the first thing is you don't need a 15-minute warm-up routine. Instead, warm up using the bar. Just use the bar. And if you're not using a bar, let's say you're using a machine, warm up with the machine with a few ramp sets or working up to your working set. So do one set at you know 6 to 10 reps, 5 RPE. Second, 6 to 10 reps, 6 RPE. And then till you get to your working set, that's more than enough, more than enough. I know when I was doing my CrossFit classes, I I fucking hated the warm-ups because I'm super stiff, right? The mobility stuff that we do, like, yes, it helps a little bit, but to actually do a proper mobility routine, you need to take time. And 10 to 15 minutes is, is probably a good amount of time. Rushing through a mobility routine is not going to give you too much. For example, if I was to do a front squat with the bar only, I struggled to get my elbows up. I struggled with my wrists to bend back. I just struggled even to get in the squat. And then my, I'd get advice or, or feedback saying, like, oh, you need to lift your arms up, you need to do this. But the only thing I need to do is I need to chuck some fucking weight on the bar. So once I chuck weight on the bar, I'm completely fine with how I squat. So that doesn't work for me, the, the whole 10-minute fast routine. What works for me is warming up with some weights because – I'm now going to get into that position that you want me to get into actually with weight, with load. And what better way to work on your mobility and stretching your muscle than to get into a position with load. Now, the next one I want to talk about is super simple as well. It's jump on a machine. Number two, okay, jump on a machine. What do I mean by jump on a machine? I don't mean... Get on the treadmill for 15, 20 minutes, pointless, or even bang out 15, 20 minutes fast on a treadmill. That's not warming up. You're actually gassing yourself before you actually start your session. You want to take it easy, all right? Fuck off the treadmill. Fuck that stuff off. You don't need to use a treadmill. What I recommend is jump on the ski erg, jump on the rower, 
or jump on the assault bike. And everyone, everyone that I train hates the assault bike. But we use that for the first probably three to five minutes as a warm-up because what you're doing is the assault bike is a bike where you push and pull with your arms and you cycle with your legs. So you're getting a lot of flexion and extension using your whole body. And by the time you're done, you've actually elevated your heart rate and you're actually ready to go. And your body is, is quotation marks, primed, if that, you know, if that makes any sense to people that are primed. There's no such thing as primed. You just feel warm. You feel ready to go once you jump on, the, on a assault bike and jump up. Same as a ski erg. You're flexing, extending. You're getting into a hinge on the bottom. You're coming back up coming back down, roller is the same, you're pushing, you're pulling, flexing, extending, you're working on breathing, you're pushing with your legs. Once you do those for you know three to five minutes plus, you're going to get your limbs completely ready. Your heart rate is up. You, your, your body will be fired up. You're ready to go. That's all you need. Three to five minutes. If you want more, go for it. But that's all you need. And another thing you can do is, well, should we call this number three? I guess we can call number three. Do some abs or light plyos beforehand. So what I do with my clients as we're warming up, doing our you know, ramping sets or doing our first couple of warm-up sets with a barbell, I get them a medicine ball and we might do some slams either from the knees side to side or just up down or do some adductor coils where they're bringing the ball between their feet and bringing the knees to the chest and out. So they're working on their abs, they're getting fired up and chucking in some med ball slams in between, they're pretty much going to be ready to go. So you're doing a warm-up with the bar, and then you're getting their abs involved. Mate, it's the best bang for your buck. Like most of my clients are pretty not gassed by the time they do that, but they're ready to go. Their whole session is fine. I've never had an injury during my session, ever. Knock on wood. I've got no wood around me, but I'll knock on some wood. Now, plyos. Plyos depend on the client's plyos looking at your client it depends on your client's weight depends on your client's ability depends on what your client does plyos don't have to be jumping one foot onto a box or jumping on a high box plyos can be just light little hops like little pogos you know just slapping your feet down and up down and up it doesn't need to be really really high it doesn't need to be like a fucking kangaroo but as long as it's slightly above the ground, you're getting into a rhythm, that is, again, going to get their heart rate up. Once you see your client is more efficient, or say they play a sport, you can get onto bounding, you can get onto hopping. And what I like to do is every now and then, I give them a pattern to try out. And what this pattern does is, one, it gets their body, <laughs> again, primed. And two, it really makes them think Introducing a new pattern to someone that they've never done before really gets their CNS firing and getting them to think about what to do with their body also warms it up because they're trying to solve problems as they're doing a warm-up. So it's pretty cool. I really like doing that. So number three, do some abs or light pliers beforehand. Really simple stuff. Making it fun can also really take away the whole thinking about warming up, thinking about, oh, if I don't warm up, I'm getting injured. We have to take the stigma out of believing that if you don't have this huge comprehensive warm-up, that you're going to get injured. It's just, you know, you're going to nocebo yourself by doing this. But what I tell people 
essentially at the end of all of this if they're still like well soon i don't know about these warm-ups and blah 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 i really want to warm up you know what i say this is my opinion as a coach right everything that i say in this podcast is my subjective opinion it is my experience coaching it is my experience working with people it is my experience being coached myself and it is my experience training myself all of this is subjective what i might tell you might work but for some people, it might not work. It just depends. The same as what one coach will say to you might work. For someone else, it might not work. What I think you should do is take bits and pieces of what I say that you think is right and take bits and pieces that you might not believe in and try them out. And then things that you don't like, you can dismiss. It's up to you. My information is my information. You take what you want and you create this worldview and understanding of training yourself. My advice is from a place of experience and a holistic way of coaching it's never to sell you anything it's never to do a certain thing it's what i think works and what has worked for people for a while and it's going to save you time and save you stress but in the grand scheme of warming up what i want to say is if it makes you feel better if it makes you feel ready then do it who am i to tell you what to do i shouldn't say to you hey fuck off your booty band warm up and do this instead well, if you like the booty band warm-up, if that makes you feel good, if that makes you feel ready for your session and your workout, I'm not going to come into the gym and point point fingers at you and start laughing at you. <laughs> no, it's not what I'm going to do. Whatever makes you feel better and what makes you feel ready to train, do that. I should not stop you. Neither should another coach stop you. Neither should another trainer in the gym or your friend or uh, another member stop you from doing it. All I'm saying is these are my opinions of what I think is best but end of the day, I tell people, you know what, if even stretching after a session, you want to do that because it makes you feel better, you know what, so be it. Personally, I don't like to stretch after a session. I don't do shit after a session. I, I, once I finish my workout, all I do is eat. I eat and I rest. And for me, that is the best recovery, the best workout. If I start to stretch my muscles that I've just already torn, not torn, you know, damaged, it's probably going to prolong the damage and prolong the recovery. So what I do after a session or a workout is I drink a lot of water, I get my electrolytes in, get my, my vitamins in and protein and carbohydrates. And you know what? I'll tell you this right now. If you don't know this, it's a game changer. The best post-workout drink you know, after a, a training session, after a game, is chocolate milk. Can't beat it, man. It's got fat, it's got protein, it's got carbs. It's the best post-workout meal. It's got that perfect ratio. You might think, who the fuck drinks a chocolate milk after workout? I do, man. You got a problem? I can send me a DM. But it's so good. It's got everything that you need and it's probably the best bang for your buck. Yes, Powerade's are good because it's got sugar and stuff like that. In my opinion, Powerade and Gatorade are fucking overrated. Um, you can have a protein shake with a banana. That's also really good. But if you want something to bang for your buck in one source, okay, one source, which is the drink, chocolate shake. Chocolate milkshake. Well, cho well, Big M. I'll give you a Big M, right? I love Big Ms. Um, some people like Dare. Or what's the other one? Oak. Yes. A mate from work says Oak is really good. It's up to you. I love Big Ms. Now, like I said, do what makes you feel good. If you want to stretch afterwards, go for it. If you want to cool down, go for it. If you want to stretch beforehand and warm up, go for it. But just realize you don't have to do this. You don't. So if people are saying, oh, if you don't stretch beforehand, you're going to get injured. Don't listen to them. It's just up to you. Again, if you are recovering from an injury and you want to, it's a very, the thing about injuries is a very psychological thing. 
right? If you injure a muscle and you think about, oh, I'm scared to injure this muscle again, more or less when you train, you're consciously thinking and aware of this muscle and you're bringing, by, by this conscious uh, awareness, you're bringing this slight attention to the muscle and you're almost bringing this pain when the pain isn't really there. So when you're training, you're always trying to look at like, oh, if I do this, is that, is that making it worse? Is, is it making it worse? When you're training, fucking forget about it. What I try to tell people is be a reptilian. Have that reptilian mind. Be a freaking ape when you train. And by what do I mean by that? I mean, do not overthink. Cut down your cues to two, three things. I always tell my clients when, they, when they're scared of lifting a certain weight, and I tell them, what are you scared about? What's so scary about lifting this weight off the ground? Because if you can't lift it, it's just going to fucking stay on the ground. You don't have to be scared about anything. So what I tell them is, instead of you being like, oh, it's so heavy, oh, I don't know what to, what to do, I go, you know what? Cut the brain back to fucking two million years ago where you didn't have this sentence forming and, oh, what if I do, what if I do? There's no what ifs. It's just, oh, grab, lift, that's it. And I told my clients, choose three words, Use those three words, and they're the three words you're going to use to to execute the movement. So, for example, if it's a a deadlift, if it's the tension out of the arms, breathe and lift. It might be tension, breathe, lift, tension, breathe, lift, and they're cutting it down to just those three words instead of oh fuck that this looks pretty heavy. I'm not sure if I'm going to do it. By by the time that you've had this conversation in your head, you've already put in this seed of doubt planted a seed of doubt. So before you've even lifted, your body assumes, has this assumption that it's already heavy. It's already too heavy. You're not going to lift it. And because of this created assumption in your head, you go to lift and your body's like, nah, it's too much. And it doesn't, it doesn't do it, even though you can do it. So you pretty much nocebo yourself by lifting this weight or attempting to lift this weight by telling yourself it's too heavy in the first place. Do not say it's heavy. Do not say it's hard until after you've attempted it. Before that, it's caveman shit. Caveman, all right, breathe in. It could just be arms, breathe, lift. Hey, everyone, just letting you know that I've got a few more spots available for face-to-face coaching, Essendon and South Melbourne Good Life. They are the areas and the gym. And also, I'm taking on a few more clients for online coaching. So if you've been on the fence about coaching in general, get in touch with me via the link in my bio, or you can DM me and let's get the ball rolling. All right, back to the podcast. Again, these tangents, I'm sorry. I was just talking about if you have an injury, right, and you want to warm up a little bit longer, you can. But I think the issue with the injury is more so not the warming up, it's your association or your relationship with the injury in your head. It's it's like when uh, skiers are trying to avoid poles and someone says, hey, just try your best to avoid the poles. Avoid the sticks. Don't hit the sticks. Don't hit the sticks. If you keep saying don't do something, don't hit the sticks, more or less that person's going to be like, okay, don't hit the sticks. They're going to hit the sticks. They're going to increase their chance of hitting the sticks. If you don't tell them that in the first place and don't think about the sticks in the first place, they're not going to hit the sticks. It's the same as saying, be careful of your shoulder when you're playing a game. Be careful of your shoulder. You're going to hesitate a lot. It's the same as, as in a car accident. A lot of babies survive car accidents if they're sleeping because they're not trying to resist what's happening. Their body just goes with the accident while everyone else is trying to push and pull and resist the movement. 
and resisting is what actually gets you injured. Same as if you have an injury and you're thinking about it and you're trying to hide the, the shoulder that's injured and you're trying to maneuver it around and you're not being natural, guess what? You're going to injure it again. So it's more of a psychological thing than an actual my shoulder is still injured thing or I need to warm up more thing. It's just a psychological thing. You're thinking about it too much. I guess that was the mindset part of what I wanted to say. We need to change the relationship with warming up. In your head is the issue about the warming up. It's not the muscles, it's in your head. There's plenty of ways to warm up, but I think the crux of all of this is if it makes you feel better. Because the story you tell yourself in your head, if you say you're not warm, even though you probably are, you're probably not going to feel warm, and that's going to affect the rest of your training session. When I train, I don't think, oh, I'm warm or not. I just train. I just go in there. Let's say if I'm doing cleans or deadlifts or squats, I go in there, I do a few sets, I bang out some abs, I do some plyos in between. I'm just warm. I'm ready to go. If I don't do my plyos or abs, I just do multiple sets warming up of my deadlift or my cleans. And then by the time I'm, I'm doing my working set, I'm ready to go. Uh, and I, I'm rarely ever, again, knock on wood, injured. Uh, I'm not. And I train a lot because I don't need a comprehensive warm-up. I just have my workout and I work towards the start of my workout. I work towards my starting weight. And I, I see that a lot when people are doing exercises. Let's say they got three sets of six to ten. They'll do their first two sets and they'll, oh, this weight was too light. Next set, I'll go a little heavier. The next weight. Uh, next set, they go up heavier, and it's still a little bit too light. And the third set ends up being like almost a working set. And by the time they've done that set, they've done their three sets, and they go to the next one. They've just wasted that, those three sets working their way up. Instead, take a couple of warm-up sets, don't count them, and then be like, you know what? I'm ready for my working set. That's the same with what I do in my training. I use the weights as a warm-up. I don't care about the treadmill. I don't care about anything else. The only time I use the bike for myself personally is when I'm doing some kind of you know low low intensity zone two stuff, or if I'm smashing out some high intensity threshold stuff, what I do with my clients is it just makes them feel super ready. And for me, that's the best bang for your buck. But when I train, I don't really need it. I might do it every now and then, but for me, I bang out my warm-up sets and I'm ready to go. But again, whatever works for you. If you if you like it, you like it. If you don't, you don't. I'm not here to tell you what to do. I'm just here to give you some advice, right? The advice, however unsolicited it is sometimes, it is up to you whether to take it or not. But everyone's different. Some people don't like to even warm up. I've, I've sometimes trained without warming up. I probably, when you think about it, is my, is my workup sets or warm-up sets or ramp sets warm-up really? For some people, no. For me, it's enough. It is. All right. I'm going to wrap it up there. Just there are three things for the warm-ups that you probably don't need a comprehensive warm-up. It's pretty cruisy. It's very, very easy to train without warming up the way you think you should warm up. But thank you for listening. I hope you have a lovely day or night, wherever you are. And I will see you next time. Bye-bye.